Give to Barrett. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop, starts 10 5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. Throws end zone. It is caught. What a play back there in the back of the end zone by TJ Hawkinson. You're listening to the One Pride Cast. Welcome into another One Pride Cast on this beautiful Friday morning. Feels like spring outside. Danny Rogers here with you. And the one and only DetroitLions.com writer, Mike O'Hara, is here with me too, just like every other Friday. Mike, how are you on this springtime, winter, December Friday? All of that? Yes. That's an awful lot to think about. Uh, I think it looks like springtime out there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it. it. It's a it's not as cold as it's been. It's been about twenty one degrees this past week. Denver, we're we're heading to Den. I'm heading to Denver. A nice fifty four degrees on game day. Not bad. No, not bad at all. I think there's a I think there's a day it's going to be in the seventies, but not while you were there. I don't think I want it to be seventy in Denver in December anyway. I feel like we lose a lot of like Denver in that. You know? Well, yeah. Maybe so. there's an old Bob Seger song, Get Out of Denver. Okay, let's play it and listen to it and see if there's something there in the lyrics that means something about what we're talking about. Listen, if Which it's would been, be rare. <laughs> if it's by Bob Seger, then I've heard it. Okay. I was raised off Bob Seger, not going to lie. I feel like that's a Detroit, Michigan thing. It is. It definitely is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hello, football. Uh, did you catch the Thursday night football game by chance? Yeah, I sure did. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Yikes! For 30 minutes, all he did, and I guess deservedly so, just got trashed by the announcers by, you know, just embarrassment, a lack of You're talking about focus. Pittsburgh? Yeah, talking okay. about Pittsburgh. Just off was it 29 to nothing, and they came out, and it was like flipping a switch. I, uh, How do you is, do that? What is Mike Tomlin saying to these guys in the locker room? I, who knows? Look, the guy's a great coach. Yes. Remember, like, the, the, the uh, we saw the, the interviews or the statements he made b- before the game and all that it just he's really a fascinating man yep. I love hearing him speak I really do it's just it's it's different I agree it's a reason why they've been uh, a storied franchise for well at least a decade since he's been there but yeah they're a little off right now yeah they're like they've missed the playoff this might this might be the third time in four years something like that oh. you know my disaster right for Pittsburgh yes Disaster. That's just an absolute disaster for them. I guess they got to give them time to polish their Super Bowl trophies I, when they're not in the playoffs. I know that's what they're probably doing on off days. Every every Sunday and during the Super during the playoffs, they polish one of their trophies. Wow, yeah, the that Lombardi sounds, trophies. That sounds nice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, okay, so Lions, hello, get their first win over Minnesota in Week 13. Vikings go in and crush Pittsburgh. What does this all mean, Mike O'Hara? Well, week to week, probably nothing, but we try to make something of it. And now, look, I think, look, you were on the sideline after the game doing mm-hmm. doing an interview, so you're right there in the in the cauldron, so to it speak. It was a cauldron, you know? yeah. Yeah, maybe you can explain to the people out there what it was like, because we see it on TV, and it's a little different. But when you're surrounded by it and in it, it's it's probably completely different. In it would be a great way to phrase that. Uh, I'm on the sideline. I finally get to do my post game interview. Woo! Yeah, sure. I ha- and so usually I'll text one of our amazing PR guys hey like what about this player what about this player I was not going to jinx it so I did not send a text I'm like whoever they give me after the game I will be prepared for yeah. um, I did not think that they would give me Amon Ross St. Brown the rookie who just scored that game winning touchdown but I am blessed and I am so thankful they did um, so I finally see Amon our awesome PR guy and he's like Amon Ross St. Brown right there right there like 
pointing to me that Amra has <laughs> like to come go, to me. Okay. Like, number 14. Amra doesn't know this, though, because he's being tackled by all of his teammates. Yeah. And they're screaming at him. They're hugging him. He has the biggest smile on his face. And people are one by one coming up and shaking his hand. Um, and then it was just interesting because I remember very vividly, as soon as the, the clock hit zero, nose tackle Aleem McNeil just kind of struts by me he's not running he's not screaming but he has this great big smirk on his face and it was like okay there's a couple of different ways these players are going to celebrate this win and I've seen the screaming one the hugging one and then you have the very calm smirk Aleem McNeil and both warmed my heart completely yeah you know and I've heard some people say this and it really kind of ticks me off a little bit that you'd have thought they won the Super Bowl no, I've seen Super Bowl celebrations. Mm-hmm. That was not a Super Bowl celebration. That was a Detroit Lions, we got this off our back celebration. Off there was back. no shredded confetti. There was no stage built for them. It was there was no trophy. There was 53 guys and the coaching staff and some other people. That had and, been... and the fans cheering. Yes. So no, no. You, you, if, you, if you want to diminish it, do it to somebody else, okay? I've had enough. Yeah, I, my hair has had enough. I mean, it... I think I do think fullback Jason Cabinda did say it felt like winning the Super Bowl um, on on a show. I have to look it up. I did see the tweet. Well, I don't see anybody wearing rings today, I but, but I understand what he said. I I, I get it. it's it's the first win of the season. You've been beat by three walk off field goals. Let the 60, let the men celebrate, Danny. Sixty six yards. It's never been done in the history of football. Just think God about gosh, it. Yes, sixty six yards. We're getting fired up. Yeah. If it would have been sixty six yards in one inch, he wouldn't have made it. I, think I, about that. I, or, or yeah, yeah, or hit more off of the goalpost. Or at home in Baltimore, kicking against the wind. He's like, in. A, don't get me going. Like, what are we doing? Please do not get Michael Hare going. If these grown men want to celebrate on the field and hug each other and scream because they've been working so incredibly hard and their spirits have never been down. Um, let them celebrate. Let them celebrate. You know to. what? If they say not to, tell them Danny sent me. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Michael Harris is going to go in and he's going to kick some butt. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you what. Create a fun, unique, and unforgettable outing for a group of ten or more at the next Lions home game. Visit DetroitLions.com/backslash/groups to purchase or contact us directly at 313-262-2222 to save on ticket prices get priority locations, and receive a group giveaway item. So a really, really great win by the Lions over the Minnesota Vikings. Jared Goff had a freaking day. NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors were forthcoming after that. Just under 300 yards passing. Three touchdowns. Let's go. He did have have a a little interception in there. Um... But it's something they didn't bounce back from. Yeah, I think the, the interception on a fumble on the fourth down play, and I think that's been overplayed a little bit because it's the same thing as an incomplete pass. Yes. The other team gets the ball, so it's not like he gave them the ball. Right. They were going to get it anyway. Yes. Touche. Um, what did you think of Jared Goff? Have we seen that Jared Goff yet here in a Detroit Lions jersey? Look, I look at his record, and I just look at it, and I don't think there's anything like glittering on his six years in a national football mm-hmm. league. Like, wow, this is – but – what counts to me is he's won games. Yes. And I think he was, what is it, 42 and 23 or something like that. Very good After record. his 0-7 start. Yes. Two, uh, two Pro Bowls, and guess what? He's been to the Super Bowl. He's played in the Super Bowl, people. And, and you know what? And he was, getting to the, being in the Super Bowl is one thing. Mm-hmm. Getting your, 
But another thing is winning the NFC Championship game. I've heard a lot of people say that's really where the pressure is Very to get to, to the Super Bowl. And they yes. led, he led a couple of uh, couple of drives to field goals, a tying field goal and a winning field goal to send that team to, to the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. So he knows what the toughest pressure I think you can feel in, yes. in, in pro football is. And he's gotten through it now. And all the, you know, full disclosure, the second, the, 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 the go-ahead field goal drive was something like five plays, 15 yards. Not so, bad. So he didn't, know, he didn't, he <laughs> didn't put the team on his back and correct. drag him in there. Right. But he didn't lose it either. And yeah. so I think, I think he's been somewhat undervalued. He's 27 20, years old. Is he 27? I'm pretty sure we're the same age. Yeah. So I think he's 26, which is actually insane to think about. I'm older than 26. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's all accomplished more in all of those years, but... Not me. And, uh, probably not me as well. Uh, definitely not me. I've not been to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, so a really great performance from Jared Goff. You have uh, TJ Hawkinson stepping up, catching oh. a big touchdown pass in the back of the end zone by a sliver. Yeah, and what about, Danny, what about the one in the first play of the second quarter where two guys are going to absolutely try to rip his head off and he yeah. gets it for a 27-yard gain? And I'm doing a little item on that on my final thoughts mm -hmm. column on Sunday. And how do you keep your eye on the ball? And he answered that. It, it's it's interesting. And TJ just kind of, I, I kind of asked to catch it two or three or four different ways, and he just kept smiling more. And he, but he said, put on your big, big boy pants and catch the ball. The, do your job, essentially, yeah. is what he said. You know what I say? And I agree with him. TJ, you do it. I'll yeah. watch. Uh, please don't go out and do that, Michael that's, Carroll. That's, oh, that, God. turns out that is one tough ball player there. It oh, really yeah. Is. I think we do that. Iowa Hawkeye. He's going to go up against a, a former Iowa Hawkeye here against Noah Fant, yeah. Denver. Yep. You know, you, you look at their three-year statistics. They came out in the same year, first-round draft picks, and they're almost identical. The, only, the one place that the big edge is, TJ's got 12 touchdown catches. Mm -hmm. Fant's got eight, nine, something like that. That's not, not a wrong. huge advantage, no. but but they are they're pretty similar. You know, we're almost down to the to the yard to the catch to, to the yards per catch and all of that. Both teams got a guy they wanted. Both teams got a guy that they can keep a long time. I mean, when is the last time that? two tight ends drafted in the same round, first round, out of the same school. Like, what? when has that ever happened? I don't before? think it's ever. TJ mentioned something about that in his in his presser uh, with the media. I think it was yeah. on Thursday that it's it's not it's the only time it's happened in the history of the league. So. That's insane. Yeah. Right? And I think the Lions got the right guy. I think they made the right choice. Mm -hmm. Back in 2019. Yep. I, and, yeah, I, it just, you can feel just kind of the passion coming from TJ Hawkinson in terms of, um, I, a few weeks ago, someone asked him, hey, your coach wants to spoil seasons. Is that what you want to do now with the rest of your six games left in the season? He's like, we don't care about spoiling. Like, we just want to get Ws. Right. I we agree just want with to win. Yeah. So you can – I feel like there's a, there's a good chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he, the spoiler role, that's okay. No, I want to yeah. win games. I don't How, care about the spoiler. What do you say something about, I don't care about somebody else spoiling somebody else's life or something like that. I yeah. just want to win games. Yeah, and – but – However, the Lions do have a chance to spoil the Denver chances yeah. of making the playoffs. Well, that, that, right, that comes with I it. I feel yeah. like that would feel good yeah. when hindsight, after the dub is secured, and they think about it. Hey, that yeah. felt pretty good. Yeah, they had a tough go there. I think it was two, three years ago when they played there, two years ago, and then Drew Locke was a second-round draft pick, one mm -hmm. of his first starts, and the Lions really had had a good, good, solid lead in the game, got away from them in the in the third and fourth quarter yeah. you just kind of see it sinking 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 mm. bingo gone 
Uh, it might be a little different this time around. I sort of have a feeling about this, this team know. and this, this, this Sunday game. Okay, hold on. Let me wrap up about Minnesota real quick. Okay. I won't say it I until we, you tell me to. Okay? I know. I know. So we went into TJ Hawkinson setting the tone in that with that second quarter touchdown in the back of the end zone. Marvelous catch. Then you have the rookie tight end, Brock Wright, step up, do a very similar thing, catch a ball in the end zone. Like, what? I for, thought it was for, TJ. I just I look at the number. I said, that's, well, that's two for TJ. All right. right. And then you're like, no. That's no. the rookie that's yeah. been learning under him this entire season. Yeah. So it's been crazy to see him grow. I asked him how long had that play been drawn up for you, Brock. He's like, I don't know if it was drawn up for me, but I was ready to catch the ball <laughs> in the end zone. And, like, that's it. That's that all a, they need to do. And that was a pinpoint pass by Goff, too. Just Another it. tight window yeah. right on time. He knew he had to get rid of the ball really quickly, and he did it. And then, I mean, the most beautiful touchdown of them all. Another first career touchdown reception on the day. Amon Ross St. Brown, the rookie, catches that one in the end zone after Jared Goff leads them down downfield, fourteen plays. Yeah, that was that was in that under was two re- minutes. Yeah, that was really something. You know, I, I didn't really kind of realize. You, know, you watch the game, you know things are going on, but you don't really. The statistics don't really sort of impact on you until you, maybe after the game. I didn't realize he'd been targeted twelve times. I didn't know he had yeah. ten catches. Ten All catches. I know that he was busy. And another thing I didn't realize was of the seventy-two offensive snaps, he played sixty-nine of them. We're talking about Amon Ra. This is a fourth-round draft pick who's, you know, what, 5'11", something like that. You Not the most imposing physical specimen. Actually, I don't know if he's 5'11". Yeah, but he's like 5'10". Yeah. He's, he's yes. We'll give him another inch. Okay. Give him an inch. Um, I, there was, you wouldn't know he was a fourth-round draft no. pick because of the high expectations that literally every fan of the Detroit Lions placed on him. They were that was the player they were so excited to see play it back because in he was camp. a wide receiver. I yeah. think, yes. And what was what was Brad Tom, uh, uh, Brad Holmes kind of joke? He said, "I took a wide receiver just to get the people off my you know what." <laughs> yes, and look how that turned yeah. out. Game winning touchdown. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, um, one of his teammates. It was if Jared Goff said he can play, he'll be playing in this league for as long as he wants. Yeah, you know, I think it helps too. That he comes from a family, uh, you know, family sports mm-hmm. background, his father, and of course he's got a brother who plays for the Green Bay Packers. Played, you know, big time football at Southern Cal, which is it's not pro football, but it's there's a Pretty lot close. of there's a lot of eyeballs on you when you play at Lincoln Southern Riley Cal. coming back, bringing so, USC yeah, back. Yeah, especially wide receiver there. You can talk, there's just a litany of guys who come out, really good players too, including here, you know, 1994 we had a guy uh, 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 I think it was a first-round draft pick. Yeah, it was, in fact, a first-round draft pick, Johnny Morton, went on to catch five or 600 passes and had four or 5,000-yard seasons. You know, And just a guy, oh you know, not a star, but a really, really good football That's player. That's why you're here, Mike, to drop those nuggets. And you know what? And he had three catches his rookie year, a total of three. This kid's got 49 already. Holy smokes. Well, the people wanted to see more Amon Ross St. Brown. You got him in the form of a game-winning touchdown as time expired. So Lions get their first win over the Minnesota Vikings, 29-27. to Now we move on to spoiling another team's chances, yeah. the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, really good defense. A really good, reliable defense Third the Broncos in the league in points allowed. Pass rush defense. It's going to be very tricky. Pass rush, okay. I mean, they have 28 sacks. It doesn't, you know, not exactly turn people's heads off. But, okay. but, they, but a couple of good safeties, mm-hmm. you know, good good balance on offense. You know, a couple of good running backs. You know, three or four receivers that they count on. So they really, you, you've really, you've got to play them. You really mm-hmm. do. You've got to play your game. You can't expect them to hand you anything. But I, I look at them, Danny, and look. They started the season three and zero. I get just just teams, you know, the Jets, the Giants, and I forget who the other one was. Not 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 good teams, and 
and then they lose the next four. And since then, it's been win one, lose two, yep. win two, lose one, whatever. I don't think I know the Lions are underdogs by double digits again, but I don't see the, I don't see this the, I don't see the Broncos in any way being ten points better than the Detroit Lions. I really don't. I don't care where they play them at home, neutral site, whatever, Silverdome. Firewell Field on the east side of Detroit. I just mm-hmm. don't see them being that much better. Bring on the altitude. Lions defense, of course, going to have to limit Teddy Bridgewater um, in the pass game. A little bit in the run game. A little bit. Um, and then, I mean, Javante Williams, the rookie. Oh, my Lanta. He is, he is a man when he runs. Absolutely. Very, very hard to take down. Yeah, and I think they'll have Melvin Gordon back healthy this week. Yeah. Look, between the two, one's got 670 yards, the other one's got 605. Yep. That's a pretty good distribution pretty right good. there. Yeah, that's, in other words, one guy goes out and. You great. don't really miss him. And then the next guy's rested, you know. Exactly. So, no, that's, it's, it's a tough, it's, it's a really tough, tough cover for the Lions in that regard this right. week. Right. And then you got Cortland Sutton, uh, 650, almost 650 yards on the on, on the season, wide receiver in that regard. A bigger target, bigger wide receiver, 6'4". So you've got like a Josh Reynolds out there. And then you got the Noah Fants, the Tim Patricks of the world. Um, so, but the offense, they only scored nine points nine against points Kansas City. Yeah, against Kansas City, and they've only scored 237 for the, for the season, and they're 24th in the league in points scored. And Look, they had a big game last week against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's a chance to really do something. They will go in at their 6-5 and five if they win. They're tied for first place. A winnable game. Yeah, Kansas City win, isn't Yeah, a winnable game. Kansas City's just, they're okay. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, better, they're better than okay. And yeah. Kansas City wins to get to 8-4, and four and, and you know what? They went from first place to a tie for last, and now they're just part, you know, they're like everybody else, and they're trying to, just trying to hang on and maybe make it as a, as a wild card. Ooh, gosh. And then, uh, yeah, when we talk about this defense, we're going to talk more about rookies. Uh, I don't uh, – an impressive draft class from the Denver Broncos. You have Pat Sertan, so the rookie out of where else? Alabama, cornerback. Um, he is coming up pretty bit. He's, he's not playing like a rookie. He's got 31 tackles on the season. A lot of pass defended passes defended this year. Um, two interceptions, well, no, three in the last two weeks. Yeah. He is cooking there downfield. Yeah. I think playing at Alabama is like playing, it's like AAA baseball. It's really not amateur football not. at all. It's, it yeah, really it's, isn't. Sign them up for the league. Yeah. Almost just, the entire team. You know, when they're third year, they're looking to go to the National Football League. Right. And they should be. There's nothing wrong with that. But those those guys come in, they, they come in ready to play in the National Football mm-hmm. As ready as you can be without having been there. Yep, and then you got Malik Reed, uh, outside linebacker, uh, right off the edge, three years into this thing. He's a Nevada grad. Nevada's yeah. coming to Detroit very soon <laughs> for the Quick Lane Bowl. Oh, that's they? right. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm not making this up, Mike. They're really coming. So, I want to see if you're reading from notes or if you just memorized that. No, I memorized that. However, uh, Malik Reed leads these Denver Broncos in sacks. He's pretty dang disruptive a um, couple of forced fumbles on the season so they're gonna have their hands full yeah but you know their number two sack guy is the guy that they traded you know they're all-time um, um, are we talking about Von Miller Von Miller yeah yeah he's been gone for what four weeks five weeks yeah. he's still number two with with I think it's four sacks now so I, I of course they've been Bradley Chubb missed a big chunk of the season too he's back now really good ball player mm-hmm. he really is 
had 12 and a half sacks a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the, when he's healthy, he's a good player, but two of his four in, seasons in the National Football League have been you know, shortened by injuries. I mean, dramatically shortened, too. Ugh, you hate hearing that. No, he's only played three games this year, but he's back now, and it's, if they're going to make a run, this is this is the time to yep. have him. Chubb, bring him in. Um, okay, we have to talk about this could be a potential flu game for the Lions. Um I don't know if you looked at the practice report. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I'm scrolling on it right now, and I have to keep scrolling to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, there's a few players on here. 20-some players are on the the practice report yesterday. (sighs) There are 22 players on the Detroit Lions practice. And the roster is 53, okay? So that's roughly 40%. It's about 43%. 43.3 if we're going to be really, you know. So there's a few, um, like, did not practice – not injury-related coach decision designations. Those are new. What do you think those are coming from? I think it's more flu than anything else. Yeah, you know, like, I, like, hey, don't come into practice today. We don't want you anywhere near. Well, I think, and I think that when we when we saw the you know portion of practice yesterday, they're kind of doing it in shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, the part we saw, offense or whatever it was at one end of the field, defense at the other, or something like that. Right. Uh, they brought them in at different times on Wednesday morning for one group, uh, afternoon for the other. Mm-hmm. So I think that they've sort of got a grip on how to handle it, but you yes. know, that doesn't make the guys feel any better. No. I think they're going to be okay, but we'll see what right. the, what the time change does. We'll see what the altitude change Oof. does. Oof. You know, the, the, it's, look, it's not ideal. No, you, you'd wish it was the other way. If, if somebody's got to be sick, you'd wish it was the Denver Broncos, not the Detroit Lions, but. But, you know, uh, Jared Goff said yesterday when, when uh, or I'm sorry, two days ago when we talked to him, he said he's feeling he could he could have practiced that day. It was yeah. just an abundance he of caution. He said Sunday was his worst day yeah. he felt. And, yeah. Well, if you're going to play like also, that. Yeah, right. And what, didn't he also say, Danny, that once you're in it and you're out there playing, you kind of forget how, how bad you feel? You do. I feel like a little bit of adrenaline helps with that. But you've got 10 Lions players on this practice report with a designation of illness next to their name. If they're on this practice report with illness, it is not COVID-19 for all those who don't know. There are two Lions players on the COVID-19 list, though. However, it's center Evan Brown, who was placed on there earlier this week. And then you have defensive back Bobby Price, who was just put on there Thursday. Yeah, I'm worried about the center position. Look, we started with Frank Ragnow, who's what I think is the, probably the best center in, in, in pro football. Not a hot take. Right, and that's, you know, he was gone after four games or five games, whatever it was for the season. Evan Brown, I think, did as well as you could expect. Great. But Doing now you're great. into your number three guys, and there's no way that that cannot, there not can be some sort of fall off. If there yeah. wasn't, he'd be out there playing. Exactly. Yes, it's going to be very I interesting. Think. Yes, yeah, so Lions are going to have to look to their third string center. That is Ryan McCollum, the rookie <laughs> from Texas A&M, is going to get his shot. So, well, he's played big-time football at Texas A&M. That's, he's, you know, he's played big-time football. He's got that football. going for him. Big-time. Um, Big-time. Yeah. So, And yep. he's had big-time practice in the, in the National Football League. <laughs> So we'll see how he is. Like, don't get me wrong. Hank Fraley is praised on the staff as the offensive line coach for having no drop-off, for the amount of injuries along the line that he's been able to just shuffle around and rotate guys and have no drop-off. I have full confidence. Rookie, rookie though, okay. At least it's here in week 14, and you watched a lot of weeks of football here. Right, we don't know how much time he's had with the number one offense you know, in practice. Probably not a no, lot, but no. until 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 Evans went down. So we'll see. You know, yeah. 
it's look, it's it's the second most posi important position on the offensive line, the center. I mean, everything starts with them. Yep. That I start with the left tackle. I think most people would agree with that. Mm -hmm. but then the center, if it's if the center's not number one, it's at least number two. Yep. Or maybe even one A or one B. I like one A, one B. Right. So uh, Lions, uh, yeah, not looking great from a flu standpoint. I did see uh, our great facility guys with the little backpacks spraying disinfectant everywhere on all of the seats. So they're doing their best to mitigate the spread. We'll see how that works. But, uh, yeah, 21 guys did not practice Thursday. Well, very important for people to <clears throat> excuse me to tune in to DetroitLions.com around 4 o'clock and get the practice report today. Correct. Very important out there. So it's going to be interesting uh, Sunday. We're going to see if this is a flu game for the Lions. I really hope not. Um, I hope everyone's fine so we're not all on the same plane together. Everyone just be drink your, drink your OJ, take your vitamin C gummies, drink your emergency. Um, you need to get an IV of, you know, liquid, whatever that is. Go for it. I don't know what that is. I just hear people do it. I'll do it one of these days. Yeah, anyway, okay. Mike, please give us your bet MGM. That's why we do this. It really is. However, we also need nuggets. We need Mike O'Hara's phenomenal wisdom. But we need your bet MGM pick as well. Please. I don't know if you've had my phenomenal wisdom yet, but I've done the best I can. It's, it's great. It's better than best. Look, I've, I've, I don't know if I've actually gone out on any limb. I think the two or three times I've picked the Lions this, this year, I think there was – I think it was twice to beat the Bears. Did you? And okay, the, you didn't. You didn't pick them against Vikings, right? I did not pick. I picked it. I hit a two-point game. I think it was. You did. You did. No, you know what? I, I, I think you had Vikings too. I had the Vikings yep. to win by two or three. Okay, I you thought, know what to do. I don't even have to say it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go. I like the Lions in this game. Dang really it! Do. That's not what I wanted you to. You're gonna jinx. You're gonna jinx them. Danny, I like the Detroit Lions in this game. Is that okay with you? I like them. You know, I just. Okay. I don't, You've been feisty, like. I see today, so I'm happy for you. The the one game that I had completely wrong, I thought they'd beat the Eagles. I'm not a big Eagles fan. They got oh, forty four to six. I was yeah, off a little. A little bit. Just a little. Er. Yeah, they could have taken their team off the field after one quarter and then the Lions wouldn't have come back on that one. But I like it. I just think the Lions are starting to get they got some pass rush together last week. I think uh, there's to me there's nothing remarkable about the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they started three and zero, and since then they've been just like everybody else. Yep. They had a chance to make a big move last week. They didn't. Uh, they're six and six. They're just a team to me. I don't think they're six and six quality. I like the Detroit Lions in this game, 27-16. 27-16. And you know what they get to do for the first time this year? The kneel down, the victory formation. Okay, so we it just, it's not going to go down to a game winner. Not going to go down to Please, a game winner. Please, for the love of God, don't do that to us. Yeah. 27. 16. I like 16. Yeah. Detroit Sweet defense 16. loves the number 16. Yep. Held last three out of four opponents to 16. And if I'm less. wrong, I'm wrong. Well, I hope you're not. Well, I hope I'm not wrong, too. I just like to be right. We like That's happy why. plane rides home. We love happy plane rides home. Okay. Mike O'Hara, thank you so much for all of your expertise. Great nuggets. Great wisdom. I'm serious. Um, that's Mike O'Hara. You can go read all of his amazing articles on DetroitLions.com. From Mike O'Hara, I'm Danny Rogers. That was his bet MGM pick. Coming up next, hear from the rookie tight end Brock Wright on how he secured his first touchdown reception and some cool family facts. That's coming up next. Rory's Cub Club registration is back open for the 2021 season. 
Get your children in the official Detroit Lions Fan Club for kids up to age 14. Each Cub Club registration comes with a membership kit filled with one-of-a-kind Detroit Lions items, plus exclusive events and ticket discounts. Visit DetroitLions.com slash Cub Club to sign up now. All right, Brock, two receptions in that win over the Vikings. One of them is a 23-yard dagger from your quarterback, Jared Goff, to you in the end zone. I got to know, how long was that play drawn up for you? Um, I don't know if it was specifically drawn up for me. We had a lot of great options on that play. Um, you know, luckily the ball came my way and uh, made a big play, and it was exciting. And uh, looking forward to making some more plays down the road. It was noted on the radio broadcast that Almost everyone on that sideline came over and they congratulated you. What does that say about you on this roster with these Lions? Oh, it was just a special feeling. Love the team, love my teammates, and um, man, it was awesome to get that win and uh, looking forward to getting another one this weekend. Mm -hmm. Did you make a first call to anyone after that touchdown, that game? No, my parents were actually there okay. in the stands, so I was really excited to uh, celebrate with them after the game. Mm -hmm. You're usually seen as a blocker on this Lions team, so to come up with those big receptions and one of them being your first career touchdown, how can you continue to expand your role here in the league? I would just try and get better every day, whether mm -hmm. it's in the blocking game, passing game, whatever. You know, our motto is compete, produce, and improve, and so that's all we try and do here. I'm glad your family was there at the game uh, because it is a very athletic family, the background. Mm -hmm. Older brother Brady played football. Older sister Emily played college volleyball. The grandfathers played. Your dad was a Texas Tech offensive lineman. Uh, how much did that influence you where you're at now in your career, having such an athletic family? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, I always wanted to be like my older brother and my dad growing up, grandpas and everything. Um, and then also just growing up in Texas. I mean, football is mm -hmm. king. So um, lucky to be in that culture and to have so many athletes around me. And, um, and so I was very blessed to have that. I also got tipped off that the family now kind of has a little animal farm in Texas, a little, a little bit of, of exotic ones. I see like some deer on here, donkeys. What the heck is a Nilgay and a Gemsbok? Nilgay and Gemsbok. Okay. Yeah, so uh, a few years ago, my parents purchased an exotic, exotic animal ranch mm -hmm. down in Texas. And so uh, during the off season, um, that's where we spend a lot of our time. It's just fun to go out there and kind of get away from things. And yeah, we have some pretty cool animals out there. So a farmer, if you weren't an NFL player, maybe? A little ranching, yeah, maybe exotic, exotic animal ranching could be a backup career. Very cool. Okay, big first win for these Lions this season. Um, how much pressure is lifted off the shoulders now going forward with the last few games of the season left? Oh, it's just the same thing we've been doing all season, just mm -hmm. trying to get better every day and um, keep fighting. We've been fighting all season long, and we're going to continue to do so. Denver is on the clock. What is the biggest thing you're taking from that big win into Denver? Just keep the momentum rolling, keep getting mm -hmm. better. Um, we need to have a great week of practice and then go out and, and execute on Sunday. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a great selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Thanks so much for tuning into the One Podcast. I'm Danny Rogers. We'll see you right back here next week.